Welcome to Quid Pros Quo. I'm Rin, and this is my new co-host, Zach. Zach, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, everybody. My name is Zach. I am a science fiction and fantasy author that specializes in space opera and second world fantasy. Excellent. We're so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. You know, this week, we're going to be talking about beta and sensitivity readers. So when you get into a point where you're like starting to like publishing your book, you don't want to just put it out in the world with no previous readers. You don't want to be sending it out cold. So you want to get beta and hopefully sensitivity readers. Yeah, a beta reader and sensitivity readers are really helpful for helping you to catch things that sometimes you can't see because you're just so close to the project that it's easy to overlook things, whether that be typos or if there's something that some character detail that you switched in the middle of the of the story that you just didn't realize that you switched. Um, those are some good things for beta readers to catch. A sensitivity reader is like a subset of a beta reader. They're a special exactly. type of beta reader. Mm-hmm. I think another thing beta readers are great for are getting overarching plot things and like finding plot holes. Because sometimes you might not realize you dropped a plot line and a beta reader, a sensitivity reader can catch that for you and then you can do a little bit more writing and just smooth everything out. For sure. So... I've published a book so far. You're in the process of publishing a book. I, I've i beta read for you. you. We both have done beta reading stuff. So let's talk about like how we find good beta readers. Yeah, that can be something really challenging for people who are just starting out. And I think the easiest way to start is to look around you and find people who are interested in reading and who can read well. Um, when you're looking at beta readers, you're looking for people who can give you specific and actionable feedback. If somebody just reads a, reads something that you wrote and it says, oh, it's good, that doesn't tell you enough. Or, oh, this piece isn't really working for me. That is also not very helpful because you don't know how it's not working. Mm-hmm. So not only are you looking for people who like to read, but you're looking for people who are well-versed in describing why they like or why they dislike what they're reading. Exactly. You want people who can give both good and critical feedback. Mm-hmm. And good feedback doesn't mean positive things all the time. Sometimes it does mean negative things. Yes. You talked about like specific and actionable feedback. I think a good way to get that specific actionable feedback is to ask some specific questions. Yeah. And you have a Google form for your beta reads to fill out. When I was doing my beta reading for All Hail the Queen of Hearts, I had an email list and I would give them a list of questions. Mm-hmm. Like some of my important things was I really wanted my book to be engaging. So I was like, did I do? Do you find yourself skimming anywhere? What was your favorite part of the chapter? Uh, favorite character what did you like what happened to them and that, and that gives a lot of like good character feedback mm-hmm. so questions like that what were some of the questions on your feedback form a lot of the similar things that you were that you were talking about just phrased differently where I would ask questions like what was the what was your favorite part of what you read and what was your least favorite part of what you read and why um, one of the questions that I like is who are you rooting for when you're reading Um, Because if they're rooting for someone who is not the main character, that can clue you into something important, whether it's the fact that your main character isn't interesting enough or maybe you need to shift the focus of this particular chapter or segment of what you're you're writing. 
um, to focus on this more interesting character. Exactly. You also have a question because we generally give beta readers stuff in installments, so it's yes. easy to like get feedback for like specific segments. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of your questions is when do you need the next chapter by? And yes. it's like, I need it by yesterday or hey, I could wait. And that like also is another way of showing engagement in the reading. Yes. So I really like that. I will be stealing that next time I'm beta reading something. Well, I'm glad that it works for you. But let's talk about sensitivity readers. Like I mentioned a little bit earlier, a sensitivity reader is a special kind of beta reader. And a sensitivity reader is a beta reader who comes from a background which is not your own, but matches the background of somebody that you are writing. So, for example, one of the short stories that I am working on right now um, has a main character who is um, a Latino woman. And I'm obviously neither Latina nor a woman. So, when I am writing this story, I need to pick out sensitivity readers who are Latina um, and also who are women because they have experiences and perspectives that are different from mine, and so they can offer feedback to help me catch, um, you know, assumptions that I may have made about uh, this character's experience that are, that are not true, or they can offer more constructive um, ideas for saying, this may be something that you hadn't considered just because you don't know the terrain sort of thing. A sensitivity reader can help you to recognize the things that you don't know, you don't know. Exactly. Uh, let's also talk about, like, other areas where you want, like, sensitivity readers. So for your short story, you want, like, Latina women. Um, I write a lot of LGBTQ fantasy, and while I am an LGBTQ person, not all at once, just <laughs> <laughs> just part, bits and pieces, um, I, if I'm writing, like, a bisexual man, I want to talk to bisexual men and have them sensitivity read my book. Yes. Um, I was in Brandon Sanderson's class at BYU, and he talked about even getting sensitivity readers for, like, occupations. So yeah. when he was writing, like, his Skyward series, he, like, had, like, pilots and engineers sensitivity read his book. Um, to provide that and be like, oh, that's like totally not how G-forces work. Yeah. Um, so you want to remember it's not just for minorities mm-hmm. or it's also for specialties. For sure. You know, the you mentioning the need for sensitivity readers inside of, inside of occupations reminds me of the opening scene of Don't Look Up. It's a phenomenal movie. I love that movie so much, but the opening scene, it grinds my gears so much because I'm an astronomer, and when it opens up on this scene, there are little details. They're actually pretty big details for anybody who has been an astronomer where you're just looking at it like that is not how astronomy is. And that first scene is kind of rough because you're going through and you're like, oh, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. That would never happen. Um, And if you can't get past that, then people aren't going to continue watching or reading or whatever because there's just this this sense of oh the writers didn't do didn't do their research sort yes, of thing exactly i have an instance like that i was reading a book and this girl was at a concert and she was like dating the drummer or whatever and then it said that the drummer did an archipelago on the drums <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like that's supposed to be an arpeggio this person clearly knows nothing about music like has never seen the aristocats <laughs> um and they just haven't done their research and didn't like get someone to read it um yeah <laughs> i think another 
how do you get sensitivity readers? Is probably the next question people are asking. I was like, well, you talk so much about them and why they're important, but how do you get them? I think making friends is the best way to do it. Like, yeah, I've heard everyone saying every writer needs a doctor friend so you <laughs> can like and be like, oh, can you get internal bleeding from like blunt force trauma to the abdomen? And I'm pretty sure the answer to that is yes, but I'm not a doctor. Um, so you just gotta like make friends. Like if I'm ever writing like. I have an engineer friend where I was working on a sci-fi and I would ask him about like G-forces and stuff and like spaceship engineering. Yeah. You're an astronomer, I could come and ask you about that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I lived in California for two years and I worked a lot with people who were Latino and also, weirdly enough, I worked with a lot of Polynesians and a a smattering of um, Chinese people as well. So when you go out and you... um, engage inside of your community, you can meet cool people who can offer insight into your stories. And so, you know, you may be you may be at a place like a school or, um, you know, your job where you are exposed to different people. Um, but if you're trying to get beyond that, beyond that group of people, you know, you might consider going out and volunteering at, you know, a, a kitchen or a pantry or at some other community organization because those are places where you can create natural connections with people who are who are unlike you and you need those perspectives to enrich your writing. Exactly. And I want to say if it's something just like totally super niche and you can't find someone in your community, you can also like build a platform and like reach out. Like when it's hard for like small indie authors who only have like 100 followers on Instagram, which is about where we're both at. Yeah. <laughs> Um, to find it, but once you, if you get onto the right places, like I'm sure Reddit would be a really good place for yeah, us. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you get onto the right platforms and you reach out, you will find good Samaritans who are just willing to help you out. I mean, you might want to like give them a copy of your book when it's done. <laughs> That's what I did for all my beta readers. I yeah. gave them all free copies of my book. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, is there any other things we want to say about beta insensitivity readers? Just that the idea of beta and sensitivity readers can be a little bit intimidating, um, but it doesn't have to be. Um, if you're doing your, if you're doing a good enough job at prepping a beta and a sensitivity reader, and you're doing a good job of vetting the people who are your sensitivity readers, you don't need to feel embarrassed at you know mistakes that you may make, even if those mistakes could come across as offensive. That's why you have the sensitivity reader exactly. is so that they can catch it beforehand and say, hey, some people may consider this offensive. Here are some things that you can do to fix it, um, which I guess is an important quality to look for in a sensitivity reader is someone who can who can recognize that there is a problem and offer feedback in order to fix the problem without making you feel like you're you know, somehow harming them because of your inexperience. Absolutely. Uh, I would just also add, make sure that your beta readers are committed. We didn't really talk about that because it really sucks to lose beta readers, like, three chapters in. Like, Mm -hmm. I had so many people come to me saying, I want to read your book for you. I want a beta read for you. And I had probably about 20 people like that. So, my first chapter, I had, like, 20 people. Maybe about 10 of them got back to me. And by the third chapter, I only had about five beta readers. Yep. So, it's rough. So, just make sure they're committed and they can make it through the whole book with you because it's hard when you get to the end and you've only had five beta readers. For sure. Do you have any um, suggestions or things that you did that helped to keep people engaged? Uh, I 
I found that the people I retained with the most of the people I was seeing in person. Yeah. Um, because then they're like reminded, oh, I haven't done my beta reading for you <laughs> yet. Um, so the people I was seeing and talking to in person, and if not person over the phone, like my parents or some of my beta readers, and they were super helpful. Yeah. Like I had probably the most in depth discussions with my dad, who usually doesn't even read fantasy, <laughs> but he was like, "This is the first fantasy book he's enjoyed since like Lord of the Rings." Nice. Which I was like. That's such high praise. Thank you, Dad. Um, but, yeah, keep them engaged both with you and, therefore, with your writing, and that will help retain your beta readers. For sure. Awesome. Well, this has been Quid Pro's Quo, and we will see you next week to talk about naming conventions. Thank you so much.